Here's what's coming up on this week's show. One of the questions I love asking every business owner is, how many of your existing team would you rehire tomorrow? And the answer is rarely all of them. There is always somebody who didn't match the values, who they've settled for. <laughs> the beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, and it's Paul Manford over here and the lovely Claire Horsley over there, and you've been really creative over the bank holiday weekend. It was the bank holiday uh, in the UK, and uh, I, I see you've been doing a little bit of tie-dye t-shirt making. I have. It was something that I thought about doing for a long time, but never actually had the guts to, to do it. So, um, yeah, good old YouTube couple of white t-shirts and uh, hey voila <laughs> I was really proud of it that was really good and YouTube's great for stuff like that isn't it because if you feel like oh I might just try this just jump onto YouTube and there's a video telling you how to do virtually anything I know how times have changed um, yeah I did it with my daughter who's 11 and how times have changed since when I was 11 uh, we had to queue up outside the library to go and find find out information but it was yeah good fun I'm glad you appreciate it Paul yeah it's really really impressive for a first go each week on the show we talk to an industry expert or entrepreneur who can share some useful tips and guidance with us all as to how we can move our businesses forward in the right direction so what are we talking about this week, Paul? We're talking about how to manage people today. This is a good one for businesses. People are pivotal for any business to be successful, I'd say. Yeah, and it doesn't matter whether you've got a small business and at the moment you might be working on your own. Hopefully at some point in the future you're going to be employing staff or maybe even hiring people on a freelance basis. Or if you're a slightly bigger company, then you obviously you've got staff already and you've got to be able to look after those to get the best out of them. So it's important at every level to understand how to manage people effectively. And whether they're employees or people that you're working alongside or working in collaboration with, uh, having successful relationships with people is what's going to, I personally feel, drive your business forward. No, you're totally right. And who have you been talking to about this important subject? So, Marianne Page has worked for McDonald's for over 27, 30 years and learned an awful lot about systemizing a business. Thing is, with McDonald's, um, it's a bit of a Marmite thing, McDonald's. Either you love it or you hate it. But from a business perspective, you've got to have respect for McDonald's for what they've done and how they've managed to grow their business in such a systemized way in a relatively small amount of time, in a generation almost. They've become a global phenomenon. Yeah, they certainly have. I, I can I can smell the chips. My mouth's watering. <laughs> <laughs> that McDonald's smell. Yeah, we talked about that. Marianne le- learned an awful lot from her time in McDonald's and now she runs her own coaching company and helps to bring other businesses on and she's actually written four books all about various aspects within business. Her latest one is all about how to manage people. This is the Big Little Business Show. Here we go. I started out as a training manager in McDonald's um, a million years ago. <laughs> um, and, and I actually joined McDonald's until I could find a proper job um, and then end up staying, staying with them for 27 years, which was uh, interesting in itself. Um, but McDonald's took me on a bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, I started out in the, in the restaurants, um, became a restaurant manager within 12 months. The business was growing so fast. Um, and then after a couple of years, um, they asked me to move into the training department. Um, and I spent a number of years in the training department as, as a training manager. Um, then they asked me to set up the customer services department before taking on a, a broader role, uh, looking after a few departments. And it was really just McDonald's way of, um, of developing 
the person within me as well as training me in the skills they needed uh, for me to do the job right, which is something that I've I've taken with me into into my own business. As soon as you say McDonald's, people get a bit of a bad smell. And I don't mean the McDonald's <laughs> smell because I know that's, the, that's its own smell. But what I mean is people seem to think that McDonald's is not as important as business as it actually is because they get a lot of things right. So even though you say you've worked for McDonald's for like 20 plus years, that's a massive learning curve for you. And getting it to that level within McDonald's means that you would have learned an awful lot of stuff because they, yeah, they get a lot of things right, don't they? Oh, I, absolutely. I, I learned a whole load of stuff. I mean, the, the, it's interesting with McDonald's, isn't it? Because everybody has an opinion they get so much right. And I think the biggest uh, or the best um, illustration of that was recently with, with lockdown, because on the day that lockdown hit, McDonald's share price fell $100. And here we are coming out of lockdown and McDonald's are accelerating. They are, they are right back where they were when lockdown hit. And they are, they're just accelerating out of lockdown because they because of the, the systems that they have in place, because of the way they plan. So they, you know, they are an extremely resilient organization, but they are also um, uh, brilliant at, at developing people. I think we can all agree that McDonald's does not make the best burger in the world, but yet there they are, thousands and thousands and thousands of restaurants all around the globe. If we were having a nutrition podcast here, we'd be having a different conversation. But we have, we have, well, this is a business podcast, and you can't, uh, you can't not admire uh, McDonald's for what they've achieved uh, and how far they've come in a relatively short amount of time. To the point now where their branding is so strong that you can recognise them from just a whistle yes. uh, or a, or a pair of colours. Absolutely, uh, and they've grown from a, a very very small burger joint to a global phenomenon. A phenomenon in a, a generation really haven't they uh, no absolutely absolutely and and are continuing to grow and that that's the thing is the thing for me that they they have never stood still they have they always look every 90 days they're looking for right what did we learn in the last 90 days what do we need to be doing differently in the next 90 where are we going where are we going in the next three years they are constantly looking for um opportunities but also for um uh, challenges, I guess, that are that are going to be coming their way, and how they can stay ahead of the game and ahead of their their competitors. So this doesn't become a, a podcast about McDonald's because it isn't. Uh, we want to find out about what you've done in the ten years since you've been working with them, and how what they taught you has brought you to what you're doing now. Yeah, well, the interesting thing was when I when I left McDonald's, I actually wasn't certain what they had taught me because it was so much just part of uh, part of the day-to-day life of, of getting the job done. So I didn't actually appreciate that how systemized the business was. I didn't appreciate that that was special or different. I thought every business ran that way. And it was actually, it took um, a mentor when I came out who said to me, why, why are you, because I was, I was looking at being a customer service um, trainer. So why are you looking at customer service? Systems. You want to be, you want to be talking to businesses about systems and about, um, the value of having robust systems in their business and how freeing it is uh, for a business owner to have really good systems. Um, and so, that, so that's really what I have been doing. But about, um, well, I don't know, it must be about three or four years ago, I, I just started to have this recognition that 
the position that a lot of business owners found themselves in was that they were starting off as a as a one-man band and then they were through their their drive their blood sweat and tears they were becoming successful and having finding themselves with a small team and nobody was teaching them how to manage that small team but it was it was okay because as a very small team they all just pulled together and they you know they they found a way to make it work but then as greater success came the team were getting bigger and nobody knew how to manage people and having spent years working through McDonald's managers development program um you know five levels of it i just thought there's a there's a big gap here there are people business owners who don't know how to manage people and then there are people within a business who have been pushed into the role of being a manager within that business who also don't know how to manage people you're now jumping onto a topic that yeah was the yeah the core the core reason why we uh, invited you onto the podcast in the first place and this is such an important topic uh, and I've come across this so many times with other people that I've spoken to who have their own businesses and they uh, always tend to say that the biggest change they experienced in their business was when they started working with other people, managing staff or having staff. And it's an important topic, not only for the people who have already got staff, but the companies who are at the moment working within themselves and then maybe thinking, right, OK, well, at some point I'm going to need to need need some external help, whether it be hiring someone or employing someone. At some point, you're going to need to start learning how to manage and work with other people. Managing people is a nicky subject because people want to think that it kind of almost going to look after it itself but you really do need to look after it in order for it to, to to make your business grow don't you yeah no absolutely i mean i i i i hear things all the time like oh why can't they just get it right or oh i showed her how to do that two weeks ago why can't she remember and just do it or i'm gonna have to stay late tonight because you know they just haven't got it right today so i'm gonna have to redo all of their work tonight myself um or i'll just i'll just do it myself anyway because it's so much quicker yeah it really saddens me because for me, managing, managing, building, managing a team was one of the is one of the biggest joys I think you can have in business. Um, just that taking taking sort of a raw uh, a raw individual who who doesn't know how to you know who doesn't know how to do much who might not tidy their their room at home or whatever and turning them into a really confident in, individual who who can fulfill their potential whether that's with you or with somebody else i absolutely love that i guess it starts with the hiring doesn't it because if you've if you've hired a turkey then you've got a well, well this is a good question how do you turn a turkey into a swan when you're when you're going through that employment process you hire a signet in the first place i think that's the a signet i like what you did there <laughs> no but it is but it is it is actually true and i and i do i, I talk about this a lot because if you are really clear about what your values are as a person, the lines you won't cross, and the things that are really important to you, uh, and then you hire people who share those values, you are hiring a signet that will turn into a swan. And un- unfortunately, what happens all too often is that hiring is done in a rush. The business owner or whoever is doing the hiring has hired to a CV. Um, so, you know, they, they, they're not looking for their values. They're looking at, oh, what experience have they got? Yep, that fits exactly what we need. Well, actually, a CV doesn't tell you the way somebody did their job. 
it just tells you that they had that as a responsibility. Um, a number of managers I've seen hired, oh, they've got 12 years management experience. Yeah, but go and talk to their team. Were they 12 great years <laughs> or were they an absolute <laughs> yeah, that's nightmare? very true, yeah. You know, it's, it, and it's so, so, I, so I do think that hiring is, there is an awful lot of um, speed when it comes to hiring and it's not always done well. I guess when you're laying out your, uh, your advert or you're looking for the right person, would you say it was perhaps just as important to find out about their values in that pr- part of the process as well as their skills? Or would you just focus on, are you capable of doing the job? No, 100%. 100% it's around those values. Absolutely. I would rather take somebody who shared my values and then train them in absolutely everything I needed them to do than take somebody who knew absolutely everything I needed them to do but didn't share my values. It's, that's, that's the beginning of, of building a great team. You want somebody who feels right um, and, and exhibits all of, the, um, all of the traits that you want to see in, in a person that you want to work with. You know, you start starting a relationship. Um, so, so how you feel about that person really matters. And I think even way back to the advert, um, I always talk about doing an advert that has, what is the purpose of our business? You know, what, what, what are we all about? What is the purpose of this role? How does it fit into the big picture? How important is it to the rest of the business? I get the clients I work with to do a uh, like a pen portrait of the individual that you're looking for, but written written in their words. So you know, I I uh, spring out of bed every every morning. Um, I love I, I love a day where I can um, really get into the detail of. Um, of numbers and you know organizing things I love blah, blah, blah. whatever the role is write it writing it in the first person so that your your team member or your prospective team member is looking at your your advert going oh my god that's me that's exactly me that's exactly what I do I love detail or I hate detail I love but I love organizing things whatever it might be that one word that sticks out from all that you've just said is Values, and we talk an awful lot about the podcast about uh, about using your passion to drive your business. And I guess when you're employing someone, uh, then you want that person to share your passion because if they're passionate about what you're passionate about, then managing them managing them is going to be so much easier. So much easier. It is honestly one of the questions I love asking um, every business owner is how many of your existing team would you rehire tomorrow? given half a chance, you know, given the, given what you know now, sorry. Um, and the answer is rarely all of them. There is always somebody who, who didn't match the values, who they've settled for. Um, you know, they, they've hired, they've interviewed 10 people and none of them were actually right, but the best of the bad bunch they took on because they didn't want to go through the whole process again. So they've, um, they've saved themselves in theory they've saved themselves time by just recruiting the best person but actually they've just built in loads of waste of time further down the line when that person isn't right for them and their and their team so let's just talk about the interview process now personally when i've interviewed people in the past which hasn't been very often i'll admit 
I've always liked to do it in quite a relaxed, conversational, um, chatty sort of type environment because I think that helps to relax them. You get a sense of who they really are rather than them, them being a bit um, nervous or apprehensive. So do you think that approach is a good approach in every setting or does it depend on the role or the person? I think it's a good a good approach in, a, in every setting. You know, even in, even in, a, in a big corporate environment, I would always still say you want to make your interviewees feel as relaxed as possible because you want them to be themselves. Um, so anything you can do to help them to be themselves, then that's that's great. If you've got a, um, a, a role that where you need somebody to start at like, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning, I would actually interview them at six o'clock in the morning. Just oh, that's to make a great sure they, idea. Just to yeah. make sure that they turned up on time. <laughs> and they're but, awake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bit of a pain for you. But actually much better to do that or, you know, you want somebody that, that needs to still be sharp at seven in the evening, interview them at seven in the evening. Brilliant. So yeah. those, those sort of just little um, sort of nuances, but absolutely, ultimately, you want somebody to, to show their true colours in an interview. So anything that you can do to make them feel um, just completely relaxed then you're going, to, you're going to have more of a chance to get them to show their true colours in that environment. Love that. Do you think um, references work or, or matter perhaps? I mean, people can be biased. Um, let's just let's go back to the turkey again. If you, if you have got a turkey and the previous employer wants them to move on, they, you know, they're going to write a, a biased reference, surely? Well, I, yeah, I think there are, there are pros and cons with, re, with references. I personally do like pick, taking up references just because there, there are, <laughs> there's a lot you can read from what isn't written <laughs> you can get uh, yeah i written. guess yeah i guess it feeds into your own gut feeling already if that makes sense you know whatever whatever your gut is telling you about this person a reference can just either confirm it or um or just make you make you think twice um so i do i do like i do like taking taking up references it doesn't always help and sometimes i have gone against you know, I've got. I've, I've actually had a reference that I thought, "Oh, that's not very good." But the person in front of me, I get a really good gut feel for, uh, and I do believe that my values s- sit in my gut. <laughs> so, if, so if my if my gut's saying, "Just go for it, give them a give them a give them a chance," I think they're going to work for you. Then I'll go with my gut. Um, but but then you've also you've always got the the sort of the net of your probation system to you know to dig into that and see if it see if they're the right person see if your gut was right um and you don't have to keep them for the 90 days you can you know after 30 days if it's not working out you can still still move them on um i think the the, the difficulty with with the whole hiring system is that that feeling that business owners get about the waste of time but for me, there is nothing more important than building the right team around you. Absolutely nothing. If you get the right team around you, you said it earlier, if you get the right team around you, everything else from there on in becomes easier because you've got people who, who share your values. So, you know, it's worth going back to, the, back to the pond or the ocean three times to get the right person than going, oh, God, this is such a waste of time. I'm just going to take that person because you know, they can start next week and, you know, we need somebody in and, well, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't want to waste any more time on this. 
it's never a waste of time hiring the right person. What other kind of things are good habits to get into from the get-go to keep your staff motivated? I mean, obviously, we've touched on one very important one, which is to get the right staff in the first place. But let's just say you want that staff member or those staff members to stay with you for the long term. What other um, things do you think are good to have in place to make sure that you get them motivated and keep them motivated? Yeah, training. Absolutely, without doubt, the next step is to give people proper training. And I don't mean that um, cursory, right, sit down next to me, right, here's what you do. You go, dip, 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 dip. Okay, got it, right, I'm off to my next task. It's got to be proper training where they have the opportunity to ask questions, they've got the opportunity to practice before you go, okay, I think you've got it now. I'm going to leave you with that. If you've got any more questions, come to me. That sort of proper training in the one right way, your one right way to do each task. And I think that's the other, the other big piece of the, piece of the puzzle. There has to be one right way to do each task. If you've, got a, if you've got a small team, what often, all too often happens is that training becomes like Chinese whispers. So one person, you'll show one person how to do the task then they sort of dilute what you told them and show the next person their way to do the task. Then that person shows the next person their way to do the task. And by the time you get to person four or five, your standards that you set with person one have been completely diluted by this Chinese whispers sort of training. So, you know, the way, you know, just going back to McDonald's, there's only one way to cook French fries in a McDonald's and it's the right way. And nobody would dream of doing it any other way. Yeah, true. You don't go into a different branch in a different country and the chip and, and the fries taste completely different. They're exactly the same wherever you go. So there's got to be a system. Absolutely. There is one right way to do everything in McDonald's, though. And McDonald's aren't successful because there is one right way. They're successful because everybody follows it. And that is down to training. And then it's down to feedback. And as a as a nation, we are not known for being great at giving feedback. Um, so we'll see something that, that isn't as we want it to be, and we'll either walk past it completely, or we'll make some sarcastic remark or make a joke out of it. <laughs> or, so right. you know, we just don't go, right, I've just seen what you did there, or just heard you answer the phone. Um, I like what you did with, with that. You know, you answered, you picked it up quickly, but you know, you remember how you were taught to answer the phone, you know, what we need you to say, the questions we want you to ask, right? Just remind me. Okay, great. So that's how I want, want to see, see or hear you doing it next time. Not, we, we, we avoid feedback because we think that there's going to be confrontation, but that feedback that I've just given an example of is not attacking anybody personally. It's not, it's just saying you were taught how to do it please just do it right next time. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I want to hear you doing it right next time. Completely objective, um, constructive feedback. Um, so hiring the, hiring the right people is, is step one, but then giving them training is step two, and then giving them feedback is step three. And if you get all of those three things together, that's when you start to to build a, a high performing team. Can I just quickly touch on appraisals because and this is this is something that you spoke about earlier on yeah. and something that I feel is really really important because when you're appraising someone, there's got to be light and shade uh, and and so often, especially with the British 
British people uh, will often go for the shade first yes. and think about all the things you're not doing right. But it's so important to back to that empowerment thing again, yeah. understanding yeah. what people do right. So there's a, a balance, don't you think? Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, for me, there are there are two um, two parts to to performance management to appraisals. One is that day to day feedback that not walking past anything that isn't up to your standard or not walking past something that is absolutely brilliant, that is yeah. perfectly at your standard and commenting on it and giving feedback. And that, uh, did you hear how Jane answered the phone? That was amazing. That customer must have felt really you know, warm, brilliant, whatever. The second part of that though, is that formal sitting down with somebody talking through what they've done really well, the areas that they need to improve. And, we I developed this thing called the Performance Improver Scorecard, and it's split into three areas. One is their individual performance, so um, how they are actually doing their job. Are they following um, your one right way of doing everything? Are they um, meeting their targets? Are they um, you know turning up on time? Whatever it might be. The second part of the of the Performance Improver is their contribution to the team. So how have they contributed to the team? Um, when the pressure is on, have they kept everybody motivated? When they've seen somebody who's struggling, have they offered to help them out? And then the third part of the, of the performance improver is how have they demonstrated your team values, um, which puts uh, the onus on you to be really clear about what your values are first, and then what you want the team's values to be on the back of your values. And actually using this, um, this one-page performance review, it's not, it's not reams and reams of writing, it's a tick box, but it actually is a great um, conversation starter with a, with a team member. You definitely want to talk about how they have done their job, but it's really important also that they haven't done their job at the expense of walking all over somebody else. I, I, I worked with, with somebody um, once who absolutely, she hit every target. She delivered everything um, exactly as it should have been done, but she would have walked over her own mother to do it um, <laughs> and not being, you know, not sort of seen the value of being a really good team player. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do think that it, it's having something like that, that, that looks at the whole person that looks at, you know, how they are, um, their performance sort of holistically, how they rock up to work every day. Is it, are they the sort of person that you're dreading coming in because you're not sure whether it's Jekyll or Hyde that's coming through the door? Um, all of those things matter um, as much as whether somebody did their job well. You're preempting my next question, really. This is something that I was going to touch on because it's really important to know your staff and to know your staff well, I guess. It's important to know a little bit about their personal circumstances, what they like, what they do outside work, hobbies and stuff, and, and also how to read their body language too. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Understanding um, and being interested in somebody as an individual and respecting them for, for who they are outside of work as well as inside of work. Um, I, I learned that actually the, the, the hard way. Um, there was a, a woman I worked with who, oh my Lord, she, she, was, she was a real, <laughs> she was really difficult to work with. Um, and, I, I, and I watched this from afar and then I became her manager. It was like, I, I was almost sort of going into the, the job of her manager thinking, well, don't think you're going to be with us very long. And actually the more I got to know her 
and understand that one, she'd never been given feedback before about her performance. It had just been, oh, that's just who she is. I, as I learned more about her, I learned that she was a, a single mother. She had three kids that she was um, you know, doing a great job of bringing up as good human beings because occasionally they would come to see her at work and, and they were lovely. Um, and she just needed to be given feedback and a bit of responsibility in order to shine. And I, I took her out of, she was in a customer facing role, which was not her forte. I took her out of that role, put her in a, a, a sort of um, uh, an area that was away from customers. And she absolutely blossomed and just, wow. it was like, it was like a whole new person. Um, and, it, and it made me really um, understand the importance of you know, not judging based on what you see on the surface, but actually getting beneath the surface and finding out more about the individual, what makes them tick, what you can do to get the best out of them. So how about, because uh, I know, Marianne, you're, you're a lover of a system. So how about uh, something like perhaps a monthly checklist for managing people? What, what do you think employers should do on, on a monthly, maybe a weekly or regular basis to make sure that they're looking after their staff, keeping them happy, treating them well, and you're avoiding problems. Yeah. Well, back in the day, we used to talk about management by walking around um, and actually just talking to your employees every day. Um, and I'm a big believer in the in the daily huddle, um, just getting everybody onto a ideally a face to face Zoom call um, and just saying, okay, great, great to see you all. What have what have you got on today? You know, what three things are you, gonna, are, are you going to get done? And better still, if you can have um, another call at the end of the day to say, OK, you said you're going to do that. How have you got on? Doing that alone will make a big difference. And, and if, it doesn't need to be you that does it every day, as long as you set somebody else up to do it every day. I, I, I talk about these, these five meetings that, that every business should have. The daily huddle, the weekly team meeting that reviews the past week and looks forward to the next the monthly team meeting that does the same, the um, quarterly team meeting that does the same with a quarter, and then a planning meeting that looks looks at, okay, where are we going with all of this? What is the big picture? You know, we've, we've focused in on, on our activities as individuals or as small teams. Where's the business going? Let's look at that together. And the more you can involve, uh, the more you can involve your team in where we are going together, when the proverbial hits the fan, they are going, right, what do we need to do to help get the business through it? I guess if you empower your, empower your staff to be part of the team from the outset, then they're going to be with you yeah, through the good and the bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that, it, that it's, a, um, it's a complete democracy because as a, as a leader, you, know, you still want to be making the decisions and be seen to, to be making decisions. The best businesses all make their employees feel that way. Um, and it, you know, whether that's a tiny, tiny business of you know, one person and a, and a, a, you know, a couple of freelancers um, or a, tiny, a small business with a, a small team or a huge business like McDonald's, everybody, everybody should feel like we rather than you. I know. That's brilliant. I love that bit at the end. That was such a, I mean, that's great. You could stick that on a t-shirt almost. That's, <laughs> that's so good. 
so um, before we before we wrap up, there are a set of questions we like to ask at the end of every episode, uh, which have all been inspired by an American TV show called Inside the Actor Studio. They're completely unrelated to whatever we've been talking about, but they're quite fun to do and, and nice to get a little bit of a, a, a sense of who you are as a person. Okay. So here they come. So question number one, Marianne, what is your favourite smell? My favourite smell has to be the smell that you get when a farrier puts a hot shoe onto a horse's hoof. Oh. It is the most amazing smell. I, I just, I absolutely love it. Definitely my favourite smell. So, uh, oh, that's, I, I wouldn't even know what that smelt like. Oh, it's you go go to a farrier's. <laughs> I think I need to go and find it's worth out. It. It's a it's a great smell. <laughs> so, would you think I might get arrested? I'm just going to come in for a smell. <laughs> is that right? Marianne told me I should be smelling this. Now this is a really controversial question because now we've asked this several times. I mean, we've spoken to a lot of people in the US. I don't even really understand the question, but we've also spoken to a lot of people who've said, "Oh no, I don't do that. I can't answer that question because I don't do it." But this, everyone does it. So, what's your favourite biscuit? Uh, well, I, I probably will be controversial here because it's a plain digestive. Oh, no, there's nothing wrong with it. I love a plain digestive. I love a plain digestive. Do you dunk? I do dunk, but I don't like to always dunk. So I, I will dunk once, but then I like to eat the rest of the biscuit dry. Oh, so you just, you just have one. You don't dunk several times with the same biscuit. Is that what you're saying? No, I, so I'll, I'll have one dunk of half the biscuit. Yeah. But then I'll eat the rest of the biscuit dry. Okay. All right. So is that yeah. every time or do you sometimes like to mix it up? No. So, well, sometimes I'll just eat the whole biscuit dry, but I'll never dunk the whole biscuit. Oh, you devil, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did good. Uh, please drive to the next window. You don't want him to say that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> You did good. Now can you come in and sort out our systems? We've had a few, we've had a few dodgy characters. <laughs> yeah, can you come and, come and sack this bloke? Can you come and sack Moses? He's not doing very well. <laughs> Brilliant. Marianne, that's been so good. You've given us so much great information and I'm sure lots of people will be you know, rewinding and writing notes down. So before you go, we need to have a little bit of a plug and tell us about your book and or, or book because... Rather, because this is your third one, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, well, the first one was was called Process to Profit. Then my thinking evolved, and the second one became Simple, Logical, and Repeat. Simple, Logical, Repeatable. It's not no and in there. Simple, Logical, Repeatable, which is all about systemizing your business effectively. And then my most recent one is called Mission to Manage, because managing people doesn't need to be Mission Impossible, um, and that is exactly what it says on the tin. It's all about. Um, mastering the, the basic skills of people management um, to be the leader that your team want to follow. And that's, that, that for me is the really important thing. Um, so, so the book is, um, gives strategies, skills, tips, worksheets, um, everything that you need to, to just master the basic skills, the foundational skills of, of being a great manager and winning your team's respect. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. 
I made so many notes from that interview. What an amazing amount of content. I know she was incredible, wasn't she? And what's really interesting is normally when we record a podcast, so when we interview a guest, we might speak to them for about an hour or so. And then the um, edited version will be a lot shorter, just so we get the golden nuggets out and share those with you. But this time, Marianne came up with so much great stuff, I didn't know which bits to leave in and which bits to take out, so I kept a lot more in. So even though it was a longer episode today, I think filled with some really valuable stuff, right? Definitely. A pen and notepad is definitely required. Um, And I loved the part about interviewing people at five o'clock in the morning for a job if they're due to start work at five o'clock in the morning because then you're really going to see, you know, how it is, how they are and how they perform. Yeah, doesn't that make so much sense? Why had we not thought that before? Totally, if you've got someone who's going to be working at five o'clock, interview them at five o'clock. You want them bright and breezy at that time in the morning. Great idea. Great idea. I, I wouldn't fare so well, I can. I know that. And I love that story she was telling uh, about the lady that she looked after who was front of house at McDonald's and, and re- she realised by understanding her environment and her makeup at home that perhaps that wasn't the right place for her so she found her the right position and and then she blossomed so it's really important to understand uh, what goes on outside the work environment with people too isn't it well they do both you know affect each other and it's very much about as well i believe you know enhancing the skills of those people that you work with and make sure they're they're doing a job that they're strong they're strong about really so it's understanding your staff and it goes back to understanding people to get the best out of people doesn't it yeah so much valuable stuff there and i know there's a lot more Uh, interesting stuff in Marianne's book so if you want to go and get that there'll be a link on our page uh, on the episode page rather on our website which is biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk now every week we like to finish off the show by picking up a business who's been talking to us on social media uh, on Instagram at Big Little Business Show or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Big Little Business Show so who are we bigging up this week? Well I would like to big up Janet from the Aussie Barbecue Company Limited so they are an Essex based uh, barbecue company specialising in uh, barbecue buffets paella they do a lot of corporate events as well so providing food for weddings and um yeah they're based in essex not australia oh, it's all about the food isn't it you're making me hungry today your mouth's watering i'm so hungry <laughs> chips and chips and um yeah burger that'd be great um so yeah all take all tastes and occasions are catered for all year long as well so uh yeah they've been working and, provi- and providing venues with food right across the county be interesting to see how they were getting on over lockdown then because obviously they wouldn't have had so many events to uh, work at. Well, this is brilliant. You'll love this. So what they've actually done throughout the lockdown is created really a sideline business where they've been hiring out um, a motorhome called Matilda. Oh, I love that. That's even got an Australian twang in itself, hasn't it? It has. How cool is that? Yeah, I love that name, Matilda. So, yeah, they've been hiring out a motorhome as well. So what a brilliant idea. Brilliant. Love that. So share the links. How can people come and go and find them? Okay, you can find them at aussiebarbecue.co.uk or email info at aussiebarbecue.co.uk. And that pretty much does it for this week. Don't forget to come and find us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash show or on Instagram, or you can come and search for us on LinkedIn. And you can see some more notes on today's episode uh, at our website, which is biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. Whatever platform you're following us on and listening to us on right now, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you get next week's episode directly into your phone device. And... 
Don't forget to leave us a review. Really important that you do that. And one final thing, uh, we now have a back catalogue of past episodes about a whole myriad of different subjects that will help your business to grow. So go check out some of our previous episodes too. And that pretty much does it till next week. Say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.